We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. It's the Friday before the midterm elections, and the canary in the coal mine right now is Oklahoma, the reddest of red states, a state that Donald Trump won by 20 points. This state, Oklahoma, now finds its conservative Republican governor in a statistical dead heat with a progressive liberal who's been indicted for crimes. How in the world is this possible? I'll answer this question and more on today's Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Like I said, this show is being broadcast on the Friday before the midterm elections. So we have the weekend and then we have Monday and we all go to the polls to vote on Tuesday, November 8th. And right now I'm arguing that the canary in the coal mine the, the test of whether or not our country is really in trouble, whether or not we can sustain a constitutional republic, whether or not we're going to vote for freedom rather than more and more government largesse, fascism, the elites being given more and more power to control us by virtue of their lies, their deception, and their quest to grasp the ring, the ring of power. Uh, Oklahoma is the test case. It's been argued over and over again that Oklahoma is rapidly conservative. We haven't had one county go blue in five successive presidential elections. We have a supermajority of Republicans in the House and the Senate, and Kevin Stead, a conservative Republican, presently serves as our governor. So the question is this, why in the world do the polls show a dead heat between Kevin Stead and Joy Hoffmeister? Joy Hoffmeister, who has served as our superintendent of public instruction, and under her leadership, Oklahoma ranks 49th in education in the United States. We're terrible. And she has been at the helm during this collapse of our public education system. Joy Hoffmeister, who's been indicted for her criminal behavior. I mean, there's a mugshot of her out there. It's a real one. It's not something that someone made up. This woman has been indicted for crimes, for fraud. Joy Hoffmeister, who has championed everything that at least most Oklahomans, you know, good rural ranchers, farmers, small town folks, Joy Hoffmeister has championed the opposite of our values. She doesn't believe that girls should have their own bathrooms or their own sports. She doesn't believe that parents should have the authority over the way their kids are educated when it comes to sexuality and sexual morality. She doesn't believe in the dignity of the child and the child's right to live. She's pro-choice. Joy Hoffmeister doesn't believe in the Second Amendment. She doesn't believe in open carry. I mean, Joy Hoffmeister is antithetical to so much of what Oklahoma prides itself as being, but yet she's in a dead heat with Kevin Stitt. How in the world is that possible? Well, that's today's topic, and I'm going to use the canary in the coal mine analogy, because I think if Oklahoma dies, 
If Oklahoma's freedom is sacrificed at the hands of people like Joy Hoffmeister and all the dark money that's being used to take down Kevin Stead, if they succeed in doing that, then the canary's dead. If George Soros and Font Holland and Joy Hoffmeister can team up to take down a conservative governor in the reddest of red states, again, a state that voted for Donald Trump by 20 points, a state that is pro-life, a state that is pro-traditional values, a state that does believe in parental authority in raising our kids, a state that does believe that a child's life as well as a child's innocence should be protected and not sacrificed on your altar of self-infatuation, navel-gazing, and sexual nihilism. If Joy Hoffmeister, George Soros, and Font Holland can take down Oklahoma, then it's evidence that there is so much noxious gas in the coal mine that freedom is breathing its last breath. But the good news is, if you get out and vote, you can stop all this nonsense. You have the power to stop it. You have the power, you have the obligation, you have the responsibility to get to the polls on November 8th and vote for freedom. More of it, not less of it. Vote for personal responsibility. More of it, not less of it. Vote for parental empowerment. More of it, not less of it. Vote for a child's innocence. More of it and not less of it. You have the responsibility to vote for life, the life of children. You have the responsibility to vote for liberty. You have the responsibility to vote. And you can stand in the way of these people that are throwing tens of millions of dollars to flip Oklahoma from red to blue. I mean, my land, Joy Hoffmeister's dark money alone is more than what Kevin Stitt spent on his entire campaign back in 2018. Did you know that? And this money is coming from people that don't believe in personal freedom, personal liberty. They don't believe in school choice. They don't believe in open carry. They don't believe that you have the right to decide for your children where they should go to school. They don't believe that you even have the right to stand in the way of a school counselor who's trying to get your kid to take hormones that would change and alter his body or her body, that would lead to the discussion of actually surgically removing healthy organs from their body. They don't believe in any of this. Joy Hoffmeister and her funders are the exact opposite of what Oklahomans by and large believe. We believe in private property. We believe in personal responsibility. We believe in a Judeo-Christian ethic. We believe in common sense, sense that's common. We believe that we should be left alone, that we should have less government controlling our lives rather than more. We don't want to be shut down like Gavin Newsom shut down California the next time there's a pandemic. We want our freedom. And if you want that to be preserved, it's very important that you spread the word and get out and vote against Joy Hoffmeister and for Kevin Stitt for the governor's seat of Oklahoma. This is a real test, and the left knows it. They know it. They did it to Colorado a few years ago. Colorado used to be predictably red, conservative. They targeted it, and they flipped it. And now it's very hard to get those electoral votes out of Colorado in a presidential election. 
It's exactly what they're doing here. Don't mistake this for anything else. Why else would George Soros be throwing so much money at Oklahoma? Why? Why would they be doing this? Let's take a break. And when I get back, I'm going to share with you some facts with regard to Kevin Stitt's record. And why it's crazy if you've got a conservative bone left in your body that you would even consider sitting this one out. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918 918- 299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com The Patriot Auto Group locally owned and operated The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery The Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance, and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group, proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the rebellion. Okay, okay, real quickly, the history of this analogy of the canary in the coal mine, do you know where it comes from? Well, it dates back to about 1911, where they started using canaries in coal mines to detect carbon monoxide and other poisonous gases, toxic gases that might exist down in those mines. Gases that might hurt or kill humans. Now, why did they use canaries? Well, canaries actually have the anatomy that allows them to pull in and retain more oxygen. A lot of birds have this, this uh, special capacity to retain oxygen, both on the inhale and the exhale, because they've got an extra sac, if you will, in their body that allows them to store up that oxygen. And they need it because of all of the energy that they have to expend to fly. It takes a lot of energy to do that. So there was a dude back in 1911, a scientist that figured out that, you know, because they retain more oxygen, um, they probably are going to be more susceptible to poisonous gases. So they will die before a human would die if there's bad stuff in the coal mine, if there's too much carbon monoxide and whatnot. So that's where we get this analogy of the canary in the coal mine. The bottom line is this, the moral to this story is when the canary dies, you better get out of there. You better change your situation because what killed it is going to kill you in very short order. It's a warning, a very sober warning that there's danger and that you better change, you better move, you better change your circumstances, change your behavior. You better, in this case, vote differently or what happened to the canary is going to happen to you. Colorado was the canary. And we better listen to that. We better attend to that. Oklahoma is now the canary in the coal mine. 
it's going to kill our freedom if we don't attend to what's going on right now. And that will be a harbinger of things to come for the entire nation. If they can take down one red state after another by throwing dark money at unprincipled opportunists like Joy Hoffmeister to take down predictable conservatives like Kevin Stead, if they can successfully do that, they change the entire electoral map. And they change your life because they take away your freedom. So back to my point on Kevin Stead. Why in the world is he in trouble right now? What's going on? I had a friend of mine in Ohio who does a uh, talk radio show up in Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, asking that question. Why in the world is Kevin Stitt in trouble? I mean, this shouldn't even be a close race. How can he lose to this radical, unprincipled opportunist, this progressive named Joy Hoffmeister, who's been a dramatic failure as superintendent of public instruction? Again, Oklahoma is ranked 49th right now. She's been at the helm, and she's blaming Kevin Stitt for this. She's in charge of education. Does she have no moral core? Does she have no shame that she would blame other people for her own failures so aggressively? The answer is no, she doesn't have a moral core, and she has no shame. She'll blame anybody for everything if she can get power as the result of that strategy. So why is Stitt in trouble? Um, I think there are a couple reasons for this. But let me first, let me first share some examples of what Kevin Stitt's real record is. And then I'll share with you why I think he's in trouble. I mean, Kevin Stitt signed several bills into law that you need to remember. He signed Senate Bill XX, SBXX, into law to prevent gender transition services on minors in Oklahoma University's Children's Hospital. Now, why would anybody be opposed to Kevin Stitt's legislation and against that law. This was a law that essentially said you can't cut off functioning healthy body parts from minors. You can't do that in Oklahoma. And you can't inject hormones into their body that stop the normal maturation process of puberty. You can't do that in Oklahoma because it's wrong. I mean, Germany's Mengele would have laughed at these experiments that we're performing on our children today. You can't take an 8, a 9, and a 10-year-old and start jacking them up with hormones that stop the maturation process, stop puberty from taking place in a healthy fashion, and expect those kids' bodies not to suffer for it. And you can't counsel them to consider cutting off functioning organs, cutting off a boy's penis, or removing a girl's breasts or giving a girl a hysterectomy, Senate Bill XX, XBXX, essentially says you can't perform these experimental surgeries and experiment on our children here in Oklahoma. No, leave them alone. Leave them alone. You can't do that here. Now, why would that be a negative in Oklahoma? Now, that's what Kevin Stitt did with regard to protecting the innocence of your children protecting them from, like I said, these mingalas that want to take a scalpel and start carving away at their body. All right, he also signed Senate Bill 615. This was a bill that said a boy has to stay in a boy's bathroom and a girl has the right to her own bathroom in our public schools in Oklahoma. This bill, Senate Bill 615, 
says this, and I quote, schools that serve enrolled students in pre-kindergarten through 12th grade shall designate restrooms and changing facilities that are intended to accommodate multiple individuals as follows. One, for the exclusive use of the male sex, or two, the exclusive use of the female sex. And then it goes on, it says this, individuals shall use the restroom that corresponds to the individual's biological sex. Oh my, how controversial, how controversial. So Kevin Stitt signed a bill into law that protects the dignity of your children in an Oklahoma University Children's Hospital, and it stops the witch doctors there from encouraging the kid to take hormones or suggesting to the kid that he needs to cut off functioning organs or she needs to remove her breasts Kevin Stitt signed a bill into law that stopped that, and he also stopped this nonsense of allowing boys to use girls' restrooms. Here's another bill that Kevin Stitt signed into law. This was a law, a bill, banning transgender athletes from participating on girls' teams. This was Senate Bill 2, and this legislation bans a boy from participating in girls' sports. Now, why is that controversial? Don't all of you out there who have daughters agree that they should have the right to their own bathroom, they should have the right to not be brainwashed by some witch doctor at, at a hospital or a clinic that wants to experiment on their bodies by injecting hormones into them to block puberty, and don't you agree that your daughters should be able to participate in their own sports without, without having a boy steal their blue ribbon from them? or the right to even compete on the same level with other girls. Why is this controversial? I've said before, this is misogynistic. This nonsense about transgender participation in sports is misogynistic because it degrades the girl. It tells her to be quiet, to shut up, to stop complaining about wanting her own shower and her own bathroom and her own sport to speak up and suggest that girls have the right to those things makes you a bigot. And Kevin Stitt defended you. He defended your girls. He defended women. Okay, here's another bill that Kevin Stitt signed into law. House Bill 1775. You remember what that one is. This law makes it illegal in the state of Oklahoma to teach your students, for a teacher to teach his or her students to be racist. That's what HB 1775 does. And don't let anybody tell you any different. I'm reading directly from the law right now. This law declares that it's illegal in the state of Oklahoma for teachers to declare or to teach one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex, or that any individual by virtue of his or her race or sex is inherently racist or sexist. Period. That's what HB 1775 says. Now, why would anybody want it to be different? Why would you want school teachers teaching your students that one race is superior or inferior to another race? Why would you want your teachers to be teaching your students that one sex is inherently superior or inferior to another sex? Why would you want anything different than that? Why would you want your tax dollars to support a curriculum that teaches your students to be sexist or racist by definition. HB 1775 says that a teacher cannot teach 
your students that racism is good, that one race is inferior to another race, and that sexism is actually a virtue because one sex is inferior or superior to another sex. Kevin Stitt defended that particular bill and signed it into law. You should give him a standing ovation for having the courage to do that. He shouldn't be criticized or be in jeopardy of losing his job. Okay, here's another one that should be and is near and dear to many of you. Governor Stitt signs legislation to establish constitutional carry in Oklahoma. House Bill 2597 establishes constitutional carry, allowing the concealed or unconcealed carry of firearms by any person who is at least 21 years of age or at least 18 years of age and in the military. Kevin Stitt said this, Oklahomans are strong supporters of the Second Amendment, and they made their voice known as I traveled across all 77 counties last year. He defends, he supports your constitutional right, your Second Amendment right to bear arms. You don't have to fill out multitude forms. You don't have to go through all of these hoops, jump through all of these hoops just to exercise your constitutional right. You can carry a gun, period, to defend yourself. He should be applauded. He shouldn't be criticized. His job should not be in jeopardy. Here's another one, HB 4327. Governor Stitt signs bill banning abortion from the moment of conception into law. Here's his quote, life begins at conception. And we have the responsibility as human beings to do everything we can to protect the baby's life and the life of the mother. That is what I believe, and that is what the majority of Oklahomans believe. If other states want to pass different laws, that's their right. But in Oklahoma, we will always stand up for the life of our youngest, our children. Why in the world, if you're pro-life, would you disagree with this? Kevin Stitt signed that into law. And here's another one. Governor Kevin Stitt pledges to continue efforts to empower parents and fund students over systems. This is his effort to get school choice passed in Oklahoma. Now, our rhino Republicans down in our legislature stood in his way. But the bottom line is Kevin Stitt has fought for the right that you have to send your kid to a good school rather than be penalized by a crappy school just by virtue of your zip code where you live. Here's Governor Stitt's quote on this particular issue. Every child deserves the opportunity to attend the school that best works for them, regardless of their zip code or income level. And I will never stop fighting to empower parents and to fund the students over systems. I'm an educator, and I applaud him for this. So here's the question as we wrap up the show. I'll go back to what I ask at the front end. Why in the world is... Kevin Stitt in trouble at all right now. Why is it a close race? He should be ahead by 15 to 20 points. I mean, I just reviewed for you what he has done for your personal freedom, what he's done to protect your children, what he's done to give you more choice in education rather than less, what he's done to, to defend your constitutional right to bear arms, what he has done to keep boys out of your girls' bathrooms and boys out of your girls' sports. I've gone through all of this. So why is he in trouble? I, I, he, and, and keep in mind that he's been endorsed by Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, and Ted Cruz. They've all officially endorsed him. Well, frankly, here are a few reasons. If I've got time, I'll list three that he's in trouble. The first one is false tolerance 
and niceness. All right, I know some of you listening to me at times probably think I'm too harsh, and maybe you're thinking, well, lay off of it a little bit. No, here's why I continue to go after this stuff aggressively. Nice isn't cutting it any longer. I mean, stop and think about it. Whether it be Bartlesville or Stillwater or Edmond or Tulsa, we're now celebrating public exhibitions that would rival those of San Francisco or Sodom. And I'm not being hyperbolic here. That's true. The stuff we're doing in our public parks and in our public streets would rival the stuff that we read about in the Bible in Sodom and Gomorrah. As I've told you before, I had a district attorney ask me when he heard of the drag queen performance in Bartlesville's public park, he asked me, Bartlesville? And then he said, I would have believed it in San Francisco, but not Bartlesville. And, and why do we see our conservative leaders in our cities across the state and across the country sitting and doing nothing? They don't seem to have the wherewithal to even sign a petition calling for this junk to be taken off our public streets. Where's the leadership? Where's the courage? Does no one have the spine to do anything any longer? When I moved to Oklahoma 20 years ago, it wasn't like this. When I moved to Bartlesville 20 years ago, it was a completely different town. This stuff would have been unheard of, and rightfully so, because it's a violation of community standards and even community ordinances. We're in trouble. Our, our, our towns and our communities hang in the balance. I'm going to argue there are principalities and powers at war here. It's biblical language. I'm arguing right now that this stuff is satanic, and nice doesn't cut it when you're fighting the devil himself. Exorcisms aren't pretty, and neither is God's judgment on a people who will not stand up for what he says they should do and how they should live. This is what we're dealing with right now. We're at a tipping point. And frankly, I have no patience with those who want to shoot the messenger, whether it be me or you or anyone else, the person shouting a prophetic warning. You don't shoot that person by chastising him or her by saying, well, they're just too harsh. They need to be nicer. I mean, that stuff, that's nothing but a fallacy of distraction. What we need right now is some repentance rather than this reenactment of Old Testament story after story where the king was angry at the prophet and tried to execute him or exile him because he didn't like what he was saying about the evil that was taking place under the king's leadership. Now, there's a second reason. So the first reason, I think it's this fallacy of tolerance and niceness. I think that's one reason why Stitt's in trouble. There's a second reason here. It's community pride. I mean, we all take pride in our towns and our villages and our neighborhoods and our schools and our families. We don't like our own our own family, if you will, to be criticized. As they say, blood is always thicker than water, right? So when I rise up and I criticize my own family, uh, Bartlesville, people don't like it. That's too harsh. Don't don't air Bartlesville's dirty laundry, Everett. That's that's uncomfortable. But I want to ask you a question. Is it possible that the city officials, uh, the longstanding residents and citizens of Sodom, took pride in their community in the same way that we take pride in ours? Put put whatever community in the blank here you want, whether it's, like I said, Stillwater, Edmond, uh, Norman, uh, Jenks, Bartlesville, doesn't matter. Put whatever town you live in the blank. 
Is it possible that Sodom took pride in their community in the same way that you take pride in yours? Is it possible that they too, the citizens of Sodom, were offended when one of their own called them out and criticized them publicly? Is it possible that there is nothing new under the sun? And that we've all been here before. Is it possible that those that cried a warning to Sodom and Gomorrah were never inducted into their halls of fame or given the keys to the city? I, I think Kevin Stitt's in trouble because, number one, the fallacy of niceness and tolerance, and number two, the fallacy of community pride. We're going to stand up for our community and our school system. We're not going to let anybody else criticize them, whether it be you know, former university president like Everett Piper or even our governor. There's another reason that he's in trouble. It's because many of you are tempted to sit on the sidelines and to not do anything. You're tempted to sit this one out because you're not going to vote for the lesser of two evils. And like I said yesterday, that's a crazy, unbiblical idea. There is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and fallen short. If you claim to be without sin, you make God out to be a liar. The heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked. And the Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man, and there is none who does good. You're never going to be voting for anything but the lesser of two evils, even if you're in the race because you're not perfect. Get out and vote for Stitt on November 8th. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.